0: Wow, I'm a lot shorter than you Here we go. I'm going to uh, just set up here if that's okay, but I also uh, I move around a little bit. Is that okay, Lockwood? Well, good morning. How's everyone feeling? I, you made me get up at 5 o'clock this morning. I hope you're happy. I'd get up earlier if I had to. I uh, um, We're blessed. We come from Elkhart, Indiana, and uh, we are North Central Indiana Teen Challenge, and this is our first time with you guys, and so I'm very grateful for the opportunity to share uh, this Sunday with you. And. Um, as I was speaking with Pastor earlier this morning, we just agreed that God is going to be lifted up this morning. Amen. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus in this house. And so I want to say a prayer and uh, open up with that, and then we'll kind of move into um, a little bit of who we are specifically. And then um, I know everybody wants to hear the testimonies of the men, and that's really where the, the power is, right, in sharing our story. And so uh, if you'd bow your heads, let's go to prayer this morning. Father, we thank you, God, that you are a good God that you are a gracious God, that you're compassionate, that you're merciful, that you're loving. And God, I thank you so much that you have a destiny for each one of us. God, you've given us incredible opportunity to be your sons, to be your daughters, Lord, in your kingdom. And God, I thank you that at a divine appointed time in history, Lord Jesus, that you handpicked each one of us to come into fellowship with you and fellowship with the gospel, the good news that you save, that you redeem, that you bought back, Lord, by your blood, that you forgive, that you cleanse, that you sanctify, you fill up, you give, you bless, and you set us free. Father, would the testimonies of freedom resonate not only in this house, God, but that they would be lifted up as a fragrant offering unto you today. Lord, I pray that as you are seated at the right hand of the Father, that the aroma of the incense, of our testimony, of of being set free by your power, by your blood, Lord, that that would rise up to you and it would bring a smile to your face. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to come into your house this morning and share and uplift and give hope. Lord, we love you. And we're asking that you would be glorified on this morning. Pray that every word spoken here would bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So again, we are North Central Indiana Teen Challenge. Uh, We're young. We uh, We haven't even turned six yet. And I share this uh, from time to time as I get the opportunity to travel. I actually have a five-year-old, uh, Jade, who is uh, beautiful. She didn't travel with us this morning because of some of the time things. And, um, but yet, uh, she's five years old. And then I also have a son, uh, Landon, who's six years old. And uh, so our ministry is about as old as Jade and Landon. And when I see them (laughs) in their and how they uh, do life, I guess I could say, it's kind of comical at times to think that's about how old we are. And so we're just old enough to get into trouble and to get into, uh, you know, not know any better. And so if uh, um, we're just blessed by the opportunity to be uh, in the the Elkhart area, Um, we know that that there was a great need uh, for teen challenges, um, you know. I know there's four in this state. Uh, there's Flint, there's uh, Detroit, there is um, uh, Saginaw, or actually, they're opening up. I should say there's five. There's Lansing, and then there's also uh, Muskegon and uh, Western Michigan Teen Challenge. And so we are um, we are obviously in Indiana, located in Indiana. So we would technically be in this district. Um, and so it's a, it's a privilege to finally uh, have a, an actual Teen Challenge in this district. So we're, we're pleased to go as far south as we can, as far north as we can, as far east and as far west, but literally just spreading the news, right, that there is a center, that there is a place um, where, where we can uh, help. Uh, our specific center is adult men. And so as you would see, we, you know, you, you've already, many of you already know. Let me just see by a show of hands, how many of you know already about the Ministry of Teen Challenge? Okay, so y'all can tune out real quick. I'm going to speak to the other hands that didn't go up, all right? Team Challenge was founded uh, 58 years ago by Reverend Dave Wilkerson. Now, I'm going to get, you're going to get your physical therapy and your calisthenics, okay? How many of y'all have heard of Brother Dave Wilkerson? Okay, man of God. He's an incredible man. Uh, he's now since gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, 2011, he graduated right into heaven. Um, but before he did, uh, he just was a man who wanted to be used of God. That's really, that was his main passion. And he was a man of prayer. He was a man who wanted to see God accomplish great feats through his life, knowing that it wasn't about him, but it was about God, right? It was about God. And so he went to prayer, and, and um, he would often... Uh, you know, hear from the Lord, and 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 it's this this concept, this simple concept of hearing from God and obeying, right? Hearing and obeying, and it was through that obedience where Dave Wilkerson went to New York City uh, fifty eight years ago, over fifty eight years ago now, in response to a to a. Um, the need that was there at that time with the gangs that were popping up uh, all over and the youth at the time that were really in a bad way, in a bad place. And drugs at that point were still more, uh, you know, I guess um, they were more exclusively an inner city problem. How many of y'all know that's not the case anymore, unfortunately? It used to be the big inner city problem, now Uh, As you guys, uh, unfortunately, as you know, uh, the drug epidemic has reached now every single demographic um, from small town USA, rural areas, big cities, inner city, rich suburbia, whatever you want to call it. Every demographic has now been hit. However, in the time, it was more so the inner city. So Dave Wilkerson went in response uh, to what the Lord had told him. And all he said was, go help them boys. Go help them inner city teenagers. At the time, the, new, the mayor of New York City declared that the heroin addict was 100%, that he was completely incurable, that there was absolutely no hope for the addict. And how many of y'all know that's not true? Amen? There you go. I'm telling you, you're going to get your exercise. All right? He said something about that didn't sit well with him. He said, they have not met my God, Right? They don't know my God because my God is a God who's a mighty deliverer. Our God is a God who sets the captives free. Amen? Our God is a God who's a good and gracious Father, and He longs that His children would walk, not in the bondages of sin and addiction and hopelessness, but that they would walk in the hope of their calling and the freedom that comes that's available through Jesus Christ. And so Dave Wilkerson went in response to that call, and he simply went to help these teenagers, but he didn't know how. He didn't know what. He was a, 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 a 20-some year old, uh, they called him the scrawny preacher, the scrawny, you know, he was, he was uh, the, the white preacher going into the inner city of New York at the time. And, and so it was incredible to see this, this, uh, this very unlikely candidate, this very unlikely man go into some of the hardest places, the hardened places where the, the criminals, the drug addicts, the, the thieves and the murderers lived. And just go in with a simple, obedient call and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he saw great things happen through his life. And so 58 years ago, the first center was opened. And, and the way that they realized they needed a teen challenge, a residential facility, the way that they realized that is that Dave Wilkerson would go in, he'd literally turn a milk crate, the old milk crates upside down, or he'd get a very small platform of some sort. Now, I don't know if you guys know this story, But he would get on this platform and he'd begin to preach about Jesus. He'd begin to share. And um, and very anointed, very powerful, he would share. And these crowds would gather. They'd come around to listen to Dave Wilkerson and the message of freedom. And they'd be drawn to the fact that Jesus can set a man free. And so he would give an altar call, and they would respond. The people would come, and they would turn in their switchblades. They would turn in their their weapons. They would turn in their drugs, their bags of of, of dope, like they call it, and 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 their the, all the paraphernalia. They would turn this stuff in under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and they'd say, and they would accept Christ in that place. And Dave Wilkerson would do the best he could to plug them into a local church with some local pastors and. But what he would do is he'd pull out, he'd go back to his church in Pennsylvania and he'd preach a few more Sundays there and he'd go back again about a month later to the same place he had just preached. He'd turn the milk carton upside down, he'd stand up, he'd start preaching again and what he noticed is the same people who had responded a month before would come back again and turn in the drugs and turn in the weapons so somehow in between the two preachings the two uh, the month-long crusades they would go back to their environments and they weren't able to really stand the test of time how many you all know that's really hard even if you get saved as a baby christian even if you start going to church once, once a week or maybe even twice a week if you're a super new Christian, right? But it's really hard to go back to the same environment where you just came out of and, and, and live above that, especially for an addict and especially for people who, whose family generational stuff. I mean, grandparents were addicts and parents were addicts and now they're growing up as addicts. I mean, it's really, really difficult to, to be removed. So that was what God used to birth in Dave Wilkerson, the need for a refuge, like I call it, a safe haven, a place where men could come out, or at the time it was teens, who could come out. And they didn't have a formula, they didn't have a strategy, they didn't have teen challenge as we know it today. 58 years later, there are 230-some residential centers in this country, both all demographics, adult women, adult men, teen boys and teen girls, there's, uh, there's mothers, single mothers with children centers that are popping up, moms that are addicted to drugs that have little ones before school age, and they don't want to lose custody of their children, right? But yet they need help. There's, there's husband and wife centers. There's different demographics. There's, there's, it's expanded now just beyond teens, although the name is still Teen Challenge. Some go adult and teen challenge, some have tried to change it to life challenge, I believe in in, uh, Flint and Lansing and Detroit and different places. I I know they go more to the life challenge. At the end of the day, um, I just wanted to address the fact that obviously these are not teenagers, right? These are adult men. And so we're an adult male facility. Uh, we're actually in the beginning works of, uh, of, of beginning to open up an adult women's center in our area as well. God has just placed that on our hearts within the last few months. And uh, after a lot of prayer, and we started to gather the troops and started to, to, to pray and, and pray into the fact that God wants to see women set free in our area as well. Amen. And so be in prayer with us about that. But yeah, again, we started off six years ago uh, just with a simple a decision. Simple desire to be a blessing in that area. There's uh, close to around 300,000 people in the greater South Bend area, and uh, there's a lot of need for a residential facility where men can come and find freedom and find discipleship. To the world, we're known as a rehab center, a rehabilitation center, but to the church, we're more known as a discipleship program because really, We don't have a lot of time to sit around and talk about drugs and talk about how bad they are. Let me tell you, if there's anybody who knows the devastating effects of drugs, it's these men right here. And a lot of you guys as well have seen the effects of drugs, as you have loved ones, as you have either family members or perhaps parents or perhaps sons or grandsons or daughters that, are, that, are, that have made some bad choices in life. And so we want to come this morning in the name of Jesus. We want to come in the name of, of, of hope and the fact that, that uh, there is hope right now for an addict. And, you know, I just want to be sensitive to your specific situation. I want to be sensitive to the fact that, you know, you might be right in the thick of things right now with a loved one. You might right now be losing hope at the fact that your son or your daughter or your grandson or granddaughter or maybe a spouse or a parent, or whatever, you never know, they might not, that you might have been praying for them for years. And I pray that this morning as we share testimonies and song and as we share a little exhortation in the Word, I pray that somehow the Spirit of the Lord would rise up again in you and give you a renewed passion and a burden to pray for your loved one. Is that a deal? I pray that God would do that this morning. I want to start off, uh, um, Ricky, I, I just, you, the Lord just highlighted you. I want you to come up if you would. Amen. Oh, I don't know. Do we need this mic or which one, What would you prefer? It doesn't matter. I'll give you some freedom, brother. How about that? Is it on? I guess so. You got a rigging. My journey um, first started
1: when I was in seventh grade. That's the same in my life. I would say. and I'd have to get high again. Um, Something in me knew that what I was doing was wrong, but I just kept kept going and doing it anyway, and I just, I kept trying to justify it. You know, and there'd be times where I'd work two, three jobs at a time, and I would justify my mess because I was out making money, I'd pay bills, and you know, things like that, and God just kept kept telling me something's not right, something's not right. right." You know, I'd listen to worship music at work, I would pray, I, I, you know, I would do things I thought was okay in God's eyes, and uh, once, once I got tired of living with my sister and in that situation, I, I decided to move on and got into some bad relationships and uh, just, just some bad friendships. Things kind of just went downhill, the conception got worse. Uh, once I turned 21, I drank a lot more than what I did when I was younger that just kinda, I started popping pills again and I just, I, I felt lost and uh, I just, I just, I myself with, with uh, drugs and alcohol and like I said I would justify it because I was working I was always doing something productive at least what I thought was productive and um, I remember Andy came to, uh, to, came to my job, I was a manager at Burger King and um, I was up front you know, taking orders and doing different things, and he had came up and shook my hand. Um, and I, I, I still remember that to this day. I think the Lord had spoke to him, you know, that, that he would be seeing me again. And little did I know this was, this was how. Um, but I'm very thankful that I'm here. Um, my home church is Radiant Life, and that's where I was introduced to Teen Challenge. And when I just was, was down in the dumps, we were at a hotel. Me and my friends had just got kicked out of our place. Um, and so I'd, I'd hit rock bottom, I was living in a hotel, and so I said, you know what, I need to go. I need to go to someone who can help. And so I went to uh, my spiritual parents, the people who had gotten me into church and you know, had, had helped me give my life to Christ. And they said, you, you should go to Teen Challenge. There's hope there. Um, and when I went, I tell you what, I found hope. And I found so much more than that. God had uh, he delivered me from all the things I was attached to. He, uh, he really saw me through. He saw the, the, the fight that I had, and he saw that I wanted to change, and I did want to change, and there's so much peace that I found there. When I first got there, within the guys there, they helped me so much in some of my struggles. You know, one of the main things I struggle with um, is anger, and God has really, really helped me on that, and some of the guys here have really helped me with that, and um, God's been using my gifts. They've just. They've gotten 10 times better than what they were out in my mess. And he's just really beginning to use me. God has saved me and he's transformed me and he's still working in me. I've only been here two months and I can't wait to see what the rest hold. I can't wait to see what the rest of my life holds. And uh, usually we stand by a verse. And mine is, uh, it's John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So, uh, With that, remember that. Without that blood, none of us would be here. Amen. I wouldn't be out of my mess. So God bless you guys. Amen. Thank you, buddy. Thank you.
0: Amen. It's, uh, it's an awesome thing to watch uh, a man come into the glory and the love of Jesus. Um, you know, those two children that I share that I have um, uh, are are foster children currently. And uh, they're about to be adopted uh, in the next few weeks. I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> they're precious. And I, I've seen something happen in them. Um, they've responded to love. And they've... What I realized in that is that our creator, our, our father, hardwired us in our DNA, in our makeup for love. It's like we, didn't, we don't have a choice. And it's, it's not something that love works for some people and it doesn't work for others. It's the fact that we were created for love. Now granted, we have to accept it. We have to receive it. There is some things on our end. Uh, We have to open ourselves up and, and, and receive it. But I've seen God's love transform these two little precious souls. And I see God's love transform these men on a daily basis. And that's really what we were all searching for and yearning for. And of course, the devil in his counterfeit ways puts other things in front of us to try to bring us peace and try to bring us fulfillment and try to bring us a sense of belonging and a sense of identity. And we've reached out for all the wrong things. And I'm not naive enough to know we're not the only ones in this room who have done that, right? We all have had a propensity, whether you've ever done up drugs or alcohol or not, we all have a propensity to reach out for something else that will satisfy the flesh, that'll satisfy and fulfill. But yet the reality is that we were hardwired to only find fulfillment In God. Amen. So it's really neat to see these guys. Nick, why don't you come on up here and share with us if you would? Amen. Hello.
2: My name is Nick. I'm 26 years old. I'm from Rochester, Indiana. I I pretty much grew up in the church. I had a pretty good childhood and uh, I graduated in 2008. I did really well. I graduated with academic honors and I got scholarships to go to Indiana University in Bloomington. So as I went there uh, my parents were pretty strict but now I realize that was because they really cared but I got this newfound freedom so there I started to uh, drink and party more than I should have. I uh, stopped going to class and it uh, started out as fun started to become a lifestyle and I couldn't really get out of that mess. So. Uh, <coughs> I got in trouble with the law a few times and uh, I got kicked out of IU so then I uh, started to get depressed and I had a lot of regrets because that was my goal growing up was to graduate from IU and uh, so as I went back disappointed uh, I started to get in with the wrong crowd and uh, I started to get involved with meth and heroin and uh, after that it just I couldn't get out of it I had no hope and I just really lost my will to live and uh, And then I heard about Teen Challenge. Last December, actually, uh, I overdosed like five times in two weeks. And uh, my dad mentioned Teen Challenge to me. I had my doubts at first, but then I felt the Holy Spirit tugging me and telling me that's where I really needed to go. So I didn't fight it. And uh, when I showed up, I I was met with God's love from all these people. They didn't care if I had anything or, you know, what I had to offer. They just uh, showed me love and... I've been uh, baptized in water and in fire since I've been here, and uh, it's pretty awesome. I've witnessed uh, miracles, I've witnessed healing, prophecy, it's, uh, it's been a blessing to be here. I've been redeemed, my family's been restored, and uh, I've been delivered from drugs. I no longer feel the uh, need to use or anything, that's amazing in itself. And uh, God has really changed the desires of my heart. I really want to go out and uh, help others and reach out to others. Um, it would be selfish to me to keep it to myself, salvation. So. Uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, so I really feel an urge to go out mission field and to help those who are struggling, and I just want to help everybody and get them out of their mess. And uh, the verse I stand by is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20 says, uh, for the kingdom of God is not of talk, but of power. Thank you.
0: Amen. (laughs) I love it. I, uh, I call him affectionately, I call him Pastor Nick. And, uh, yeah, I know there's a call, a call of God on your life, brother. And I'm glad you're in the beginning stages of, of fulfilling that, walking that out. Um, just so you guys know, uh, our specific teen challenge is uh, really 12 to 16 months, um, or 12 to 15 as far as the the, the training residential part Um, And then there's a re-entry portion as well, or an aftercare. depends on um, exactly what God has called them to in the future. Um, So we've seen men uh, find great success in after-teen challenge. um, But the highest success rate goes to the men who continue in their discipleship, continue, begin to serve, begin to give back, Um, I heard a great quote not too long ago. I went to the Teen Challenge National Conference just last week in Denver, Colorado with uh, hundreds of other center directors and different things. It was an incredible opportunity, great time. And uh, Don Wilkerson, which was Dave, Dave Wilkerson's brother, was there, and he had helped start the first Teen Challenge alongside his brother. And and uh, he's, he's still still in ministry, still doing uh, a lot of stuff for the kingdom. And uh, a neat, neat seasoned saint in the Lord. He's got to be close to 80, really young, by the way, uh, around 80. And uh, he said something that really struck a chord in my heart, and it was really powerful. And he said, I tell our gentlemen when they come into to, he currently serves as the executive director of Brooklyn Teen Challenge still. And he, he says he... he <laughs> He tells something to his men when they come through the door. And he says, you know, I didn't, Teen Challenge isn't here to help you get your life back. He says, because see, if you were able to succeed in actually getting your life back, you would probably just blow it and lose it again. He says, we're here to help you give your life away. And I think that's a really powerful statement. And I really pray that these men would understand the depths of that you know, God has called men into the mission field, whether it be Africa, whether it be the United States, or whether it be the marketplace, God is calling men to give their life away and to serve Christ. Amen. And so it's really cool to see uh, a lot of gentlemen have gone on and they've done um, internships with different ministries they've gone on to uh, i've just uh, i have a lot of exciting things to share with these men once we get back to the center one-on-one and i can share some of the opportunities that i just saw there's global internships. Uh, there's over 1,100 centers now in 117 countries of the world with Global Teen Challenge. Just phenomenal. And many of these directors all over in South America, and Africa, and Europe, and Russia, all these different places are begging that the men that come through the Teen Challenge would go on and go overseas and do some internship programs. Tell me that isn't exciting. I would love to see you guys give your life away. Not be on a passionate pursuit to get your life back, but to give it away. Amen. Would you pray for these men as well as you go through the, the coming hours and days and as the Lord reminds you of our time here together this Sunday and maybe write a name down of a gentleman after service perhaps get a name and exchange it and, and uh, write it in, in a place where you'll see it from time to time and just remember to lift that brother up in prayer that he would continue to give his life away. Isn't that exciting? It's good stuff. Zach why don't you come on up here real quick want Zach to share. He's actually uh, technically our only teen, I think, isn't he? Yeah, he's our only teen. He's 19. <laughs> he's our only teen. He's got a great testimony. How you guys doing?
3: <laughs> My name's Zach. Like Andy said, I'm 19 years old, and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, when I grew up, I grew up in a Christian family, went to Christian schools until about seventh grade. Um, and then after that, I got put into public school and kind of was seeking attention. I didn't really have friends there, so I kind of wanted to fit in, do what everyone else was doing. And just kind of got introduced to weed and a bunch of other stuff like that. And then moving on, it just kept getting worse and worse, and um, by the end of high school, I was addicted to heroin, IV user. Um, ended up in jail. and. It was just a mess, you know. My parents didn't know what to do with me. I was sitting in a cell just broken, just completely lost. <clears throat> I had no sense of, no sense of peace, no sense of direction of where my life was going because it was just going either prison or death. Those were the only two options I was really looking at. But um, my parents told me of one other option and that was a coming to Teen Challenge and they said that they'd bail me out of jail if I came to Teen Challenge. That was the one condition. If not, then I'd have to do my sentence, and by the time I got released, pack my stuff and not come back. So I took the the Teen Challenge route. And uh, first of all, I shouldn't even be in the state because I'm on probation, and they don't want you crossing state lines. So there's a miracle right there from God that I'm even here, because the the judge looked at the paperwork and nowhere in there saw that that couldn't cross state lines and that just doesn't happen. Um, coming here I was just lost you know I was just I didn't even know what I was gonna do with my life I just was just trying this It was like my last option of something to do and since I came here I really found freedom um, not having to rely on something to get me through my day, and I have to rely on on anything besides God. That's the one thing that I have to rely on now, and He's never going to leave. He's always going to be there. He's always going to hold me tight when I'm, when I'm going down, when I'm feeling low, He'll always pick me right back up. Um, my family, they they just love the fact that I'm doing good now. It's it's so encouraging to see and talk to them now that I get to be the one that encourages them, the one that lifts them up, because they see that, that God's still alive. He's still doing miracles. He's still delivering men from drugs. And, and any, any problem, not just drugs, there's so many things that, there's nothing that God can't help you with. Um, they, they trust me now. Like, it's, I go home and they, it's like a completely different family, really. The whole atmosphere of the house has changed. It's so awesome. Um, the verse I live my life by is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It says, "For I declare, for I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future." And that's just what I have now is a hope in the future in Jesus. Thank you.
0: I'm excited to see what God has in store uh, for these men as they come through and um, it's for those that, that truly take hold of, of what's the, the opportunity that's placed in front of them. Um, again, this, as you all know, uh, is not a sprint, right? We're not in a hundred meter dash. Uh, very Olympic terminology, I guess, right? Very fitting for the times. We're not in a, we're not in a hundred meter dash with Jesus. We're, we're literally on a marathon. We're in a marathon. We're in it for, we're in it for the long haul. And, um, and really, the beauty of Teen Challenge is that it, it doesn't just address the immediate. And I'll share in a little bit as I share a word. Um, uh, we're we're going to talk about that for a second. Um, it doesn't just focus on sobriety. It, it certainly, certainly doesn't focus on maintaining or managing your addiction. Uh, our main focus is that if anyone is in Christ, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Now the world will tell you something different. The world will tell you once an addict, always an addict. But again, the world is perishing, are they not? The world is saying, you cannot be set free. It's not that easy. And what the world would love to do is keep people in bondage. But you know what Jesus died for? Freedom. Freedom. It's not an instantaneous process. It's a the, the whole... Uh, accepting Christ, in a sense, is the easy part. <laughs> it's really the, the discipleship, the learning new ways of thinking and new ways of, of behavior and all the classes the men go to every day and, and um, the evangelizing in the night or the, the, the opportunities for services like today. All these things. The reason we're so long of a program is because it's, it takes a long time uh, for, for men to really begin to develop new ways of thinking, new desires God has to give you new desires. Amen? See, so you can take a man out of the environment, but unless God gives that man new desires, he will ultimately always find his way back. Does that make sense to you? I see it happen. Unfortunately, uh, we've seen men in our, in our ministry that have gone back. They've gone back. And you go, how could you go back after all that Christ has done? how could you go back? Some go back for a night and come back out and say, whoa, okay, no, no. Some taste it again for a little season and then the Lord gets a hold of them because they're miserable. They've had just enough Jesus, right, to know how good freedom feels, how good peace feels, true peace. And to go back, they say, no, thank you. you know. But they, have, they get stuck in a season and they come back out. And it's hard for me, it's hard for us as a staff to see that, to see a man go back to that place. But I know that, the, the, that as long as there's breath in a man, there's opportunity, right, for repentance, for turning. And for starting off anew with Jesus. And so we have a restoration program that we started as well. Where men, if they've gone back and they tasted, they got entangled in the world again after Teen Challenge. They can come back and it's like a shot in the arm. And it's, hey, let's get back on track. Let's learn from what we didn't get the first time. Let's learn. Let's find healing in the deepest emotional places. The one thing I share often is that A man doesn't, or a woman or anybody, doesn't simply use drugs because they're a drug addict. They don't simply drink because they're an alcoholic. There's always a deep root cause. There's something inside. It's an emotional hurt. It's a pain. There's something going on inside of them that isn't processing rightly. Many have suffered, uh, you know, abuse in, in all of its different forms. Many have suffered, you know, the loss of, you know, divorce. If we would understand what kind of damage and havoc that divorce is wreaking in the families today. And how children don't know how to process that. And again, there's hope for anyone who'd call in the name of Jesus, right? But there's real-time consequences and things that we must walk through. So many men come to us with, with that specific situation and they begin to find healing for those deep places. Once a man finds healing and a true identity in Christ, he no longer has to go to the counterfeit to feel right. Drugs are a counterfeit. Do we all know that? Every hand should go up on that one, huh? Drugs, alcohol... It's all a counterfeit. Once you find the truth, the way, and the life, for real, you're never going back. Amen? Never going back. I want to invite our gentleman up here as well. Uh, We're going to bless you right now. I pray uh, through song. Pastor Shane, if you would come up.
4: So we're going to take an offering right now, and uh, like we always tell you, don't feel like you have to be part of the offering. We're really happy you're here, you're worshiping with us, you're getting a chance to hear what God's doing in lives and can do in ours. So don't feel like you have to be part of the offering, but if you are this morning, I want to give you just these instructions. We're going to make a gift to these guys, and if you want anything above that to go to them, just designate it on your offering envelope, just 18 Challenge so we can give that to them additionally. So I wanna uh, lead us in a moment of prayer right now, encourage you to take those yellow pads that are on that side of the road during the offering time, sign your name, pass them back, maybe there's somebody in your row you don't know, uh, meet them afterwards. But let's pray now, Lord we offer you this as a token of our whole lives which we give to you. May it honor you. And we ask you to use it, For the sake of the kingdom, in the name of the Savior, Jesus our Lord. Amen.